From the Ron McKeefery Podcast Network, I'm Isaiah Castilleja, and this is Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. In this episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0, Coach Pfeffer talks to us about how to customize a workout based on weight room size and equipment availability, how to take the reverse engineering approach to sports performance programming, and how to show up to practices and games for an opportunity to show investment in your athletes. All this in another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Being a strength coach is difficult. And someone once said on our podcast, we pour so much into helping our athletes become better, but we forget who's pouring back into us to help us become better. Without a healthy mind, coaching on the floor, programming, and maintaining the juggling act that we call life can be difficult. The good news is the therapists at BetterHelp are here to help you. Therapy can be whatever we want it to be. Maybe you need the tools to help you keep motivated, or maybe you're feeling burnt out from long days in the weight room, or you just need someone to talk to. BetterHelp is a customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist at a time that works for you. We have a very busy schedule as a strength coach, and the last thing we need to do is be driving to an office and sitting in a waiting room. Simply log into your account and message or speak to your therapist from anywhere at a time that works for you. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. BetterHelp also assesses your needs and will match you with one of over 20,000 therapists in their network. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself and make your mind your best asset. We train to keep our bodies strong and resilient. Now it's time to invest in our mental health too. And as a special offer to Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0 listeners, you can get 10% off your month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash chalk. That's betterhelp.com slash C-H-A-L-K. And thanks again for BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Join the thousands of coaches across the world that are part of Team Builder Nation. The incredible online strength and conditioning software provides a toolbox for features for all coaches at all levels. One awesome feature is the 1RM Max Tracker. Team Builder makes tracking maxes easy for any method since you can record and store max data, project 1RM over time, and use the stored maxes to determine prescribed weights for an exercise and have access to the visual reports so you can see the maxes over time. Other features include an updated messaging platform and the ability to create sports science questionnaires for athletes or clients to answer on their own phones. That's right, that's sports science data in the palm of your hand. Start your free 14-day trial today by using the promo code CHALK, that's promo code C-H-A-L-K, and begin programming with the software built to fit any level strength coach in any setting. Team Builder prides itself on putting the customer first and offers affordable pricing with subscription plans starting at just $50 a month. For more information on everything that Team Builder has to offer or schedule a 30-minute demo with Team Builder Expert, visit teambuilder.com and let them know Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0 sent you.
Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. Today, I'm joined by Coach Austin Pfeffer. He is currently an assistant strength conditioning coach at St. Bonaventure University. He's also had stops at George Washington University, the University of Louisville, Kentucky Wesleyan College, and MSU Denver. Welcome to the podcast, Coach. Good to see you, Coach. Thanks for having me. Of course. Tell us a little bit about your role at St. Bonaventure. For sure. Uh, so I'm an assistant strength coach. I currently have the reins over men's and women's swimming and diving, men's and women's soccer, and men's and women's tennis. Nice. How many athletes is that? Uh, it's about 110. Nice. Nice. Well, first of all, how do you go about managing that many athletes? You know, it's a pretty good chunk of athletes and um you know across a different span of athletic you know talents and needs how do you go about getting them ready throughout the year yeah i mean it can definitely be challenging at times uh, especially saint bonaventure it's a small school we've got you know a basement weight room uh you know four racks and a couple machines so yeah it can definitely be a challenge at times but um you know, I'm I'm fortunate enough to wear the swim team. Uh, you know, men and women can lift together. Same thing with tennis team. Men and women can lift together. Um, so, you know, that definitely makes it a little easier. Um, but, you know, throughout the day, you know, with class schedules and stuff too, we have to split up into different groups depending on team size as well. Um, so, you know, it's... I actually made the whole schedule um, from... I, I had to look at every athletes class schedule and build the entire thing so i kind of made us packed from 6 a.m to about 1 30 every day uh so we just have athletes back to back so you know i was just trying to you know keep it keep it intense for the day and then you know you have some time off in the afternoon so um you know it can definitely be challenging to get yourself up and coach multiple groups you know over and over and sometimes it might be the same lift that you just did um but you know at the end of the day you have different people coming in and it's still a different experience you know whether whoever you have in no i i feel you on that too because being at mines uh class is still the most important thing so we often have to you know, dice up our group a few times throughout the day just to make sure our athletes can go to class unless they're going really early or really late. And how many racks did you say you had in your weight room? Uh, four. So that could be a logistical, you know, problem that you're gonna have to solve. Cause I know at when we were at MSU Denver, we had five, so not much more. And the teams can get up to, you know, 30, 35 and you're even 40 and 45. And I know swimming and, and diving typically are big teams. So what's your layout when you go about writing up or programming the actual lift? Because one thing I tell my interns and a lot of the up and coming strength coaches is scientifically, like your workout can make a lot of sense and be like flawless, but you're not coaching within your ability, like to what kind of room you have, you know, you can have a full triphasic but if you don't have tall ceilings or you don't have enough racks to do any kind of movement on them it could be difficult so how do you go about designing a program for your bigger teams yeah for sure um so i just i'll give an example um you know swimming and diving 
So we have, you know, a little bit of space. We're definitely not probably following NSCA guidelines when it comes to space in the weight room. Uh, but, you know, we have a little bit of space outside the rack. So we'll kind of set up the bars um, on the outside and then have people in the racks as well. Uh, and then they'll flip. So we'll do cleans or, or uh, any type of Olympic lift outside. And then in the rack, you know, obviously we're doing our squats, bench, pull-ups, whatever it might be. Uh, and then we'll just switch. So, you know, not necessarily according to the book when, um, you know, you got to get your power work in first before your heavy strength work or whatever it might be. But, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you got to do what you got to do. And sometimes, you know, who knows, maybe you're not really warmed up for your cleans at the beginning. So, you know, you get your heavy squats in now you're, now you're primed to rip a few cleans. So, um, you know, at, at the end of the day, you just got to do it. You, uh, can, and, you know, I saw what it was like at MSU Denver as well. I know it was in the summer, but, um, just kind of navigating logistical challenges was something that you guys had to do. And I think I learned a lot from that, um, for my job now. Definitely. And, what about your, you have a career that spans both, you know, D1, Power 5, and Division 2. What have you taken from your time at Kentucky Wesleyan and also at G-Dub and, and Louisville? Like, what did you learn from those other places, even like a bigger place like Louisville or G-Dub that is kind of translating into what you're doing now? Yeah. I mean, all really different experiences. Um, you know, at Kentucky Wesleyan, I was just, this was a the semester after my last season. Uh, and this was after my internship uh, with you. And I was just really coaching the men's soccer team in the weight room. So that was kind of my first time really running my own show. Isn't uh, the Kentucky Wesleyan weight room where you had like half a weight room and then like a door and like a wall and yeah. the other half of the weight room? Exactly. Okay, nice. Yeah. yeah, I was trying to remember that. So it, it was like decent size. There was still, you know, <laughs> seven or eight racks, but yeah, you just have a big wall in the middle of everything. So nice, nice. Uh, you know, perfect layout. But yeah. um yeah, but you know, that was my first time running a group. Um, and then I got my internship at Louisville. And in that I think I learned a lot in terms of, you know, speed development, conditioning, um, just kind of you know, reverse engineering, just a lot of things that kind of took take you takes you to the next level a little bit. Um, and then I got recommended for the position at GW um, because you know one of the coaches at Louisville were, used to work with a GW coach, and you know I just kind of got in that way. I was really spent planning on spending my whole summer and that winter semester at Louisville just interning and, you know, trying to get better and learn. And, you know, that opportunity came up and that was, you know, uh, I think my, my path is kind of crazy, you know, um, blessed by God and supported by my parents for sure. Um, and, you know, GW really, I was able to work on my coaching skills. It was a really weird time during COVID. You know, everyone's masked up. You can only have your 10-foot box. Um, you know, we had, we moved the weight room up to a kind of a weird space. It wasn't really a weight room, but we had more room. Um, so we had, you know, every lift, I was running two different lifts. Uh, for example, like my rowing team, I had um, on one side, we had trap bars, dumbbells, 
and a barbell on the other side, we had racks essentially. So, you know, I think that made me a lot better at, you know, multitasking, having to run two lifts all the time. Like it was just a thing I was used to it. So, you know, that really influenced my programming and how I thought about things during the programming process. Uh, and then also coaching and being able to be, you know, everywhere at one time. Um, and then second year of GW, um, they, they have three weight rooms there and I was, you know, lucky enough to work in all of them, um, in their big weight room on the Mount Vernon campus, you know, it, it was a challenge. I would have the whole, you know, women's rowing team 40 plus in there at one time. And, you know, I had three different programs running based on, you know, where you're at and, you know, it, it was a challenge, you know, you can't really watch everything at once, but you just got to do your best to monitor the room and keep, keep, uh, walking around and coaching. Nice. Yeah. And I think that is an important aspect to learn throughout, you know, somebody's career. It's not always a perfect world scenario. And in most cases, it's not, it's more of just see what happens at that moment and then adjust and overcome. And I think it's always important to know, you know, how to manage a room, how to manage the weight rooms, even like you said, in Louisville being in COVID and uh, G-Dub having so many weight rooms, like it's still a lot to manage. Even if you have a big space, you have different areas. So I think that's, that's some good advice there. We'll be right back. Are you ready to take your weightlifting to the next level? I'd like to introduce you to Barbell Mate. They are the most affordable velocity-based training device on the market. Barbell Mate provides real-time analytics and feedback and helps you lift more effectively and efficiently, providing stats such as range of motion, mean, and peak velocity. The personal app is available for Android and iOS and has no subscription fee. And at just $285 per device, it's the smart choice for anyone looking to improve their weightlifting performance. And as a special offer for Iron Game Chalk Talk listeners, they will offer $15 off your first purchase with code CHOCKTALK15. Again, save $15 off your first purchase using code CHOCKTALK15. But that's not all. The new Barbell Mate team app provides a complete management system to track and monitor the progress of multiple athletes. Choose from a variety of three packages to suit your team's needs, with prices starting as affordable as $25 per month. Visit barbellmate.com slash chalktalk to learn more and start your journey towards better weightlifting performance. And remember to use code chalktalk15 for $15 off your first purchase. Again, take a look at them at less than $300 a unit. Barbell mate is definitely something you should look into for BBT training in your weight room. Now you, you mentioned reverse engineering. Talk a little bit more about that. Cause I've, I've heard that come up a few different places uh, about how you go approach your programming and designing your, your lifts. Yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, I kind of think of, reverse engineering as, you know, a needs analysis, but a little bit uh, more in depth. So with reverse engineering, you're looking at, you know, obviously everything within what the sport encompasses. Um, and then something I like to kind of differentiate between sport KPIs and performance KPIs. Go, go, on, go and, and let them know. I know most of us know what a KPI is, but 
you never know. Yeah. So your your key performance indicator. Um, so for sport, you know, for for a basketball player, that might be rebounds per game, uh, three point shooting percentage, or something like that. Um, a performance KPI for a basketball player might be vertical jump height, uh, ten meter acceleration, um, some type of a, agility test. So, um, and you know, are you what what do you use to measure those? So for, for vertical height, it could be a uh, v- vertical jump, could be a vertex or a jump mat. Um, basic agility test um, could be like a 5-10-5, a change of direction. But, um, and then we, we actually just got some timing gates here at Bonaventure. So I'm, yeah, really excited to start using those for soccer with some, you know, flying, flying sprints, 10s, 20s, whatever it might be, um, you know even just the biofeedback of it, you know, um, allowing them to compete as well. So, um, yeah, I, I got a little off track there. Sorry. Um, yeah. My bad. You had some, you're dropping a lot of cool stuff. So I'm like trying to make sure everybody grasps what you're running there. So yeah, you're running KPIs and trying to reverse engineer. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, everything, uh, for another example, you know, one of my teams is soccer, you know, we, we know it's a, a 90 minute game or, you know, a, a 110, whatever for extra time. Um, but you know, when you, when you look deeper within that, you know, you can find some work to rest ratios and then you, you find out that the ball is actually only in play for 56 minutes of that entire game. Um, and within that your density of work is, you know, very, can be very different, right? within that 56 minutes, right. You could be at your top speed or you could be literally just standing there or walking around, um, depending on position and all that and where the ball is. So do you guys have catapult um, or is that something that you know, from your personal experience being a soccer athlete? Uh, kind of both. We have Titan here. Um, so yeah, that's something that I'm really trying to get involved with, um, and, and be able to utilize that effectively. Uh, because, you know, when I got here, you know, we just kind of have it like we, you know, aren't utilizing it to its full potential at all. So that's a big thing that I'm trying to work on, especially this spring and going into the next season. Um, Soccer is a really uh, a big monster in terms of uh, workloads and, you know, like, for example, right now, and this is really with any sport, um, you know, you're, you're working up all this, um, you know, conditioning, lifting practice, right. We're still technically in eight hours next week. We've got a spring break, you know, so you're off 10 days and, you know, they're college students. So you know what they're going to do over all spring break. They come back and we're immediately in 20 hours. Right. And that's where the loads really, you know, spike. And that's where people start to get hurt. And it's the same thing with preseason, you know, Unfortunately, we're not in a position where we can get the guys here early uh, or the girls here early and, you know, have six to eight weeks where, um, you know, they're working captain's practices and they're working with me. Uh, I know a lot of schools do that. Um, uh, what really happens is they they come here, they're usually underprepared, and then we have just huge spikes in volumes. And, you know, that's how preseason goes. And then, you know, we got a lot of people out. So I'm trying to do my best to, you know, educate and inform coaches on, you know, workloads and how injuries happen. And, um, that's kind of just 
what I'm trying to get at right now. Uh, and then obviously having talks with them, periodizing the week in terms of practice, which is, you know, it's hard to do. Like they got to trust you because, you know, you're the, you're the strength coach. They don't want to listen to you about how to set up their practices. Like, so, you know, it, it's definitely, you got to create a relationship. You got to know that, you know, you have the team's best interest in mind. Um, and then, you know, yeah, just, just trying to relay that information properly to them. And, and you touched on a few good things there. So first off, you said you, you use Titan and then you've also used maybe the jump mat and timing gates. What other sports science technology are y'all using? Um, you know, here we actually, we don't even have a jump mat. Um, and we just got those timing gates and Titan. So, you know, that, that's really it. We don't, we don't have a massive budget. Um, if you come by and visit our weight room, you'll see that, but, uh, yeah, but there's, there's something to be said about a, a small weight room. Uh, I, there's some good atmospheres in there when, when you gotta, you know, you, it's packed in, you know, the music's loud. You got some rusty weights, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, if, if, if anybody understands that it's definitely me. So I got a lot of respect for programs that are very resourceful with just about every square inch of their weight room. Now you, and then you also brought up the relationship with the head sport coach. Can you talk a little bit about how to navigate that relationship you've been luckily enough at a few different colleges and universities where i mean it's a it's a pandora's box of what you can get as a strength coach luckily like where i'm at currently everything's great like you know we work with the the sports coaches not for the sports coaches so we have a good rapport with each other but i've also been at other places where uh the sports coach is the ruler of their program and whether you like it or not, you will do exactly as they say. So, you know, what's it like with the sport coaches there at St. Bonaventure? And then also how do you go about navigating that relationship with the head sport coach? Yeah. Um, great question. I think sport coaches, yeah, you, you can get anything, you know, I've had a, a large array of what a sport coach, uh, how they operate their program and how they work within you know, the whole department of athletics and the, the realm of strength and conditioning and athletic training. So, you know, I think the best thing you can do is, you know, constantly be in communication with them. It doesn't always have to be about the sport or training or anything. Like if you're, if you're talking to them, like you almost, you kind of, you need to create some type of relationship with them and it doesn't have to strictly be professional. It can, um, but I, I think that's, that's the main thing. And then, you know, sometimes asking why they do something just to, you know, just to see what they're really doing something for. And then in that instance, you can either, you know, educate them on why something might be a little bit better. Um, you know, for me, it's helpful that I came from a soccer background, um, when I played at Kentucky Wesleyan, you know, from a, from a coach standpoint, they know I play the sport, um, and from a player standpoint as well, I speak the language. I, I jump in practices with them every now and then. And, um, you know, 
I think that's that's really big, especially in the soccer world. Um, for some reason, they think they're special and unlike every other sport. Uh, when really, a lot of the time, they just kind of have a soft training culture, um, which is something I've been trying to work on as well. So, yeah, I mean, you know, talking to your coaches often, not always about you know, the sport and training. Uh, and then, you know, I think that'll come with it. Another thing for me is I'm trying to be at as many events and, um, you know, whether that's games or practices or whatever is possible. Like, um, you know, this year I, I've had a couple of people ask me like, wait, you don't have to be here. Like, cause I'm, I'm at a lot of practices. Like, um, you know, I at least try and be at three or four every week with men's women's soccer. Cause that's an opportunity for, me to you know not really prove my worth but um you know i can i show it shows that i care um and then within training as well you know running the warm-ups i'm able to you know microdose speed work in there as well at the beginning of sessions uh whether that's you know flying tens if i'm trying to do acceleration work or you know agility work um so yeah yeah nice and how do you go about conflict management? Because it happens. We've all been there and we all know what it is. So let's say you and the sport coach disagree on something. How how do you go about navigating that part of the relationship? Because I know that it's not all sunshine and rainbows. It's There's a couple of times we get to have a good conversation with what seem to be an adult. Yeah. Um, you know, you definitely got to have tough skin and sometimes like you got to be almost the the bigger guy when it comes to conflict um you know for for example um going to practice and then you know you have this plan of you know i'll, I'll run the warm-up i'll do this and then at the end we'll do some conditioning for 20 minutes and then you know uh it's almost time for you to do your conditioning and the coach sport coach is like, Oh, we worked hard today. We're not going to do conditioning. So it's like, you know, I was just sitting there for an hour and a half, like not doing anything. And now you tell me that. So, I mean, if that's like a repeated thing, then, you know, then, then, you know, it's time to have a conversation, but you know, it happens one time. It's like, you know, whatever. Yeah. I, I'll be fine. Like, uh, so, you know, navigating something that, you know, an argument, I've definitely handled it wrong in the past, uh, being a grad assistant. Um, you know, I had an instance where we just didn't like each other and I avoided, I avoided them. I, you know, I just didn't talk to them anymore. Um, it's not, it's not healthy. That's not how it should work. So that's an idea of what you shouldn't do. Um, but sometimes just, you know, be the bigger person and maybe sacrifice a few things in your program that you know you know might be beneficial but you know maybe try and work it in a different way you know if they don't like this one exercise like figure it out do something else that can you know achieve a similar goal The Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0 podcast is brought to you by Sparta Science. Sparta Science has been a part of the human performance community for over a decade. They started the idea of bringing the force plate analysis out of the lab and into the weight room. I've been following what they've been doing for a long time now, and their latest innovations is a must-have for both yours and my weight rooms. 
Sparta Science has been known for making the complex simple, making data easy to understand for the athletes and tactical operators so they can take ownership of their movement health. Sparta Science now offers more flexibility for coaches, including an expanded set of tests and full access to hundreds of metrics and time series data. Coaches have access to novel machine learning derived measures that can help uncover meaningful patterns unseen by the naked eye. Sparta Science makes precision training practical for any staff at any level while providing coaches and sports scientists with all the tools they need to continue pushing the envelope of human performance. For more information, visit spartascience.com chalk and let them know Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0 sent you. This episode is brought to you by Play. Play is a company that I've personally been working with from the start. Everyone at Play works to help strength coaches innovate and find solutions for our profession. From flooring, weight room equipment, outdoor spaces, and everything in between, Play will collaborate with you to find what you need. They work with everyone from professional teams to high schools, and they've always made me feel important and a part of the Play family. Refuse second best with play. Find them at play.us and let them know Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0 sent you. Thanks everyone for listening. Thank you to our great guests for taking the time to share their experiences. Thank you to Play and Team Builder for being great companies that help our profession. And most importantly, thank you, the listeners. Please find us on social media at Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. Find our show notes on wherever you listen to your podcast. Leave us a rating, comment, and subscribe. And don't forget to say hi. It's great to hear from coaches from around the country. Talk to you all next week on another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0.